Hello, this is the Film Game Program. In this program, I will be guiding you through obtaining the skills needed to become a street and film photographer. For those who already shoot, this is a refresher. This is the Film Game. Grab your camera, bro. This is free game. Free game. The, 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 the film game. It's the film game. Defined as the book and street smarts to film and street photography. The film game is where it's at. Everything you need is in the film game. The film game. Everything is in the film game, bro. Yo, yo, it's the film game. We'll search Yodorone. Yo, this is the film game. And I'm so excited to get this project together. I'm so excited to have this podcast out. Finally, uh, I've been working on it for quite some time. Uh, excitement. Like, that's all I feel. All I feel is excitement. I have an amazing group of people around me, and I appreciate that every day, every day. I feel the love. Every day, I'm very appreciative of it. Of it. Um, they all helped me out, put the intro together, which is something that I'm very, very proud of, something that I'm very excited about. And so here we are, the film game. There's so much that we're going to be going over, but this first episode, we're going to take it a little slow pace, and we're just going to talk about what we're getting into, what's going to go on. Today, we'll be going over who is Ronan Rose and the type of photography and what to look for. That way, we can all go be on our path of being a photographer. This podcast is going to be catered to street photography and film photography. I want to be able to put all the years of information and knowledge that I have in my head to your ears. That way, if you're thinking about being a photographer, you can start here. If you're thinking about switching to street photography, you can start here. If you're thinking about switching to film photography, you can start here. If you're thinking about refreshing and starting all over and taking a hiatus, you can start here. So a little bit about myself. I am Ronan Rose. I've been a photographer since about 2012. And I started shooting film in 2013 with a couple hiatuses, a couple breaks, a couple relationships, a couple, I don't want to do this, a couple, maybe I'll do something else in between. My background in like photography came from my friend Kadeem, a classmate at the time. We were both went to Full Sail University. Um, I had a photography class in January of 2012, and that's where I fell in love with photography. The months leading up to January, I decided to ask my parents if I could buy their camera off of them. So they ended up selling me their Canon T1i, sent it over to me in Florida. When I was a, a kid, I used to ask for disposable cameras. So I guess like photography has always been in like my bloodstream or something. When January came around the corner, we had a photography class and it was the best thing ever. Like, I I loved it. We learned so much. We used to do like little photo walks and we all used to walk together, take photos. And we'd had assignments like, oh, you have to take take a, a picture of the fountain and make sure you change the, the shutter so that you can catch the water flowing or the water very still. Those kind of things. And that that was that was dope for me. It was like so exciting for me. During those photo walks, I had a classmate, Angeline. She she's also a great photographer. Uh, Angeline had uh, brought out a film camera. 
I remember falling in love with the attention to detail, like how long she took to take one picture, double checking her settings, making sure her composition is right. Just the perfection that goes into taking a photo that might or might not be perfect. That really like, I don't know, like it really called to me, it really attracted me. And so at that time, all I had was a Canon T1i. So I was, that's what I was shooting with. The early like, editing techniques that I picked up was like at grain put black and white so like I've always liked that film look and going back to what I said when I was a kid I used to always ask for disposable cameras I remember this one time I had a disposable camera wanted to take a picture of a green light that I saw across the street pulled the shades to the side took the picture and then just that wait to get the photos developed it was it was amazing, and I, I was I was a young kid at the time. Had to wait for my parents to take it, decide when to they wanted to take it to develop. Pictures came back. It was like they developed that like Rite or something at the time. When the picture came back, I remember seeing that the picture was completely grainy, like nothing but gray and grain, with a little green light in the middle. That for me is my earliest memory of photography, of me like being into photography. I remember wanting disposable cameras later on, etc. And that carried on with me. I guess, like, I've always known that I wanted to go through, like, a creative path. But fast forward after college, graduated 2012 in August, August 2012. I was working a couple, like, months later or maybe almost a year later or something like that. I was working as a intern graphic designer for a company called Simrise. And they deal with fragrances. And I used to have to design um, presentations. My supervisor was the graphic designer there, David. He's a photographer as well. Um, so we used to always talk cameras. And at that point, I felt like it was time to buy something new. So I went on eBay and I bought a Canon AE-1. I fell in love with it. I was shooting every now and then. I had rolls, pictures that I was taking randomly. I absolutely loved it. I was carrying it with me every day. That's where my love for film came through. My brother also got into photography. Um, I taught him as much as I could, and then he took that information, found his own information, and just went on his way to becoming a, a photographer. We had a time where him and I got really, really, really into Lamography cameras. Like, my most creative pictures came from there. As of lately, I've been into um, point-and-shoots. Going back to shooting film, I decided to take a hiatus from all the client work so that I could, like, really find myself as an artist. So that's my journey. After the, the T1i, I went into a Canon 70D, and then now I shoot with a Sony a7 II, which that completely changed the game for me. Partnered with my Ricoh AF40 point-and-shoot film camera and a Canon AF35M2 that I just finished the first roll today. With all that information, all that experience, what I want to do is be able to create a space where anyone can shoot. No gatekeeping. Like, I'm, I'm putting all this information, 10 years worth of information, together into a podcast. So the first couple episodes is going to be catered to putting everybody on that same space. So meaning, go over the basics, what to buy, how to buy it, where to get it, um, what you want to shoot. That way... By the time we start getting into, like, the really good stuff, everybody is able to pick up a camera and go outside and shoot and know at least the basics of what they're shooting. So that when I'm teaching you exposure, I'm teaching you composition, you 
know the basics of like what you're doing already. A lot of the learning comes from just doing something and understanding whether it feels good or or does it. That's why I want everybody to just start shooting first. Get into the hang of it, carry a camera every day, and then we'll fine-tune those skills and like really put something together so that you can create your own path. I want to create more of a more art, less competition environment. With this podcast, I hope to see a lot of you listeners. I want to see you guys posting pictures. I want to see what your progression is like. Meet up for the photo walks that I that I want to plan in New York City and stuff. And I look forward to all of that stuff. That's what makes this community what it should be. Just being able to meet up, take photos together. And if, if you get your own clients and now you're doing client work or you just create an art project, that's the best thing possible. Like, that's what I like. That's what I want to get out of this. So we're going to go right into it. We're going to start today. I have a couple things that um, we'll be going over so that we can at least start to look at ourselves as photographers. So the first thing that you would think about when becoming a photographer is what is your type? I think about this all the time because you're not going to know your type off the back. A lot of people come up to me and they're like, hey, I want to be a photographer. Like, I, I just I want to shoot everything. I think it's, it's great to be able to shoot everything, right? But a jack of all trades is usually skillful at a lot, but a master of none. I don't remember the exact quote, but you guys know what I'm talking about. To be able to, like, take pictures of everything, be good at everything, and land a client for everything, I believe that's possible. I'm a street photographer. I've landed gigs to do portraits, to do headshots. Somebody asked me to take pictures of food one time, and I feel like I could have done it, but I didn't. I've been offered to take pictures of jewelry. Um, I've done product photography for clothing brands, for hats and stuff like that. I feel like that's a pretty, like, well-rounded kind of situation with me as a photographer. But uh, I'm a street photographer. I'm a street portrait photographer. And that's that's what my type is. Like, that's the type of photography that I love. That's the type of photography that I love doing. Learning that is, or thinking about that, excuse me, is... Number one for me, in my opinion, there's different types of photography and some types coexist with others. So some people are just portrait photographers and they stay in the studio all day. There's people like Kmart and and those seers that, that used to do photos and they just do portrait photography all day. Um, and then there's street photographers that they don't really care for portraits or to land the perfect portraits. They just go outside and take pictures of what they see, the things that they like, et cetera. Those two worlds coexist for me because I take portraits of people in the street. It's street photography. And those portraits, I cut them around, I cut them up, et cetera, and I make collages out of them. And then all my collages are from street photography. So that's how my two worlds coexist. The first thing that you would want to look at is if you want to... like be at in a natural light situation or you want to work with studio like studio work um i love the natural light i don't get enough time in in like a studio shoot because a lot of times that i do get a client my first suggestion is to go outside and it's because that's where i feel most comfortable and i know that i can get something exciting and and 
a nice aesthetic. Studio work for me is something like at another level. I applaud people that do it. I understand people that do it. I can do it, but it's just not where I feel most comfortable. I love being outside and and it just feels good. You kind of like put yourself in a situation where it's like, okay, well, do I see myself shooting in a studio all day or do I see myself shooting outside? That's like the first question that you would want to think about. And then from there, go into what your type of photography is. Now, there's so many types of photography. There's people that take pictures of hands. There's people that take pictures of body parts. Like, there's people that take pictures of just food, just jewelry, just clothing, just sneakers, just cars. There's people that only touch a camera when it's time to take a passport photo. Anything that you think of, like, there's probably a photographer for that. So I encourage you to just, like, live out your wildest fantasy. Whatever you think you want to do, just do it. I'm going to talk about some of the um the types of photography because when it comes to, like, the photography world, in my opinion, there's a lot of do's and don'ts. But there's also a lot of don'ts for the do's, and there's a lot of do's for the don'ts. And they cancel each other out all the time. And then at some point, none of the rules matter. But then sometimes all of the rules matter. I encourage not following the rules, but knowing what the rules are so that you can create your own thing, like your own style, your own aesthetic. So let's go over the first one would be uh, street photography. None of this is like a concrete rule, like, oh, it has to be a story driven photo. No. This is just stuff that I've picked up along the way that I, that they're just worthy mentions, basically. When it comes to street photography, I feel like a lot of the photos are like story driven. And even if you take a picture of just like a pigeon doing nothing, there's a story to be learned from that or represented differently, or maybe you can just come up with your own story. And the reason I say that is because When you're doing street photography, you're walking down the block, you're walking up the block, you're walking here, you're walking there, in the train, out the train, etc. You start to see things differently. If you're walking on the crosswalk and all the lines are diagonally, some of the the crosswalks in, in like, I guess in Jersey, I don't know if I've ever seen it in New York. Shit, that's crazy. I guess, like, some of the, the, the crosswalks in some places, wherever the hell you are, might be or might not be diagonal or straight. So let's say you're walking down the block and you see a diagonal crosswalk and then something breaks that pattern of lines. Somebody walking the opposite way or something that's thrown on the floor and boom, you take a picture of it. That's where, like, the story part of it comes in. All the lines could be facing one way and the fact that the guy, the, the woman, man, whatever dog is mid-stride so the legs are diagonal opposite of those lines. And it creates like something visually, aesthetically pleasing. It would be with anything. One of my favorite shots that I've seen, and I've seen this over and over again. It's the, the very typical man or woman walking to work or walking from work completely on their phone or looking at their watch or, or like completely zoned out with something. And that happens in New York City so often that that right there, it's his own story. And that shit is crazy. Somebody is so concentrated on what they're doing that they're not like they're not realizing where they like what's going on around them. And that gives a photographer the perfect time to just boom, take a photo done. That's a story. 
person walking to work. Oh, this guy is completely busy. Food in hand, three cups of Starbucks in another hand. Story-driven kind of mentality is what allows you to look for photos in a certain way when it comes to street photography. Street photography is like a grab-and-go with a thing for adventure. You can be walking anywhere and, and take a picture of somebody's feet or take a picture of somebody walking or take a picture of a dog or a pigeon trying to cross, trying to get into the, the subway. Imagine you see a pigeon walking onto the to subway cart. It creates a story. I took a, for those who follow me on Instagram, I think it was like two, three weeks ago, I'm waiting for this microphone for this podcast in front of Best Buy and on my story, I was telling people that I'm like working the block and literally just standing on one corner and taking as many pictures as I can. There was a a truck. That truck is red with the yellow. Then there was two people crossing the street, same haircut. One of them had green hair. The other one had pink hair. That was the story part of it. Like just it's cool to see two people with like different hair colors contrasting the the fact that there's a couple colors on the the truck behind them. It was cool. It was very grab and go because they were on the move. So it wasn't like I asked them for a photo. Walking into a different neighborhood to just to try to see things differently and take photos is the whole like adventure part of all of this. That's going to bring a lot of good photos and a lot of bad photos, which brings us to our next point, which is there's no such thing as good and bad photos. Every photo has its own thing to it. There's something, there's an element that you like in one photo. There's an element that you like in another photo or that you dislike. For you, you're always going to result. Like when I look at my own photos, I always resort to this is a bad photo. This is a good photo. This is a bad photo. This one is okay, etc. I'm not saying that you have to get away from that thought process. But what I'm saying is when you do street photography, there's chances for you to like take whatever photo. Like you don't have to line things up. I know people that they do street photography and if they see a cone or they see like a construction barrel, they move it around, they put it here, they put it there to create what they, and that's completely fine. The opposite is also fine. Not moving objects and just taking pictures of random stuff here and there. Street photography has like its own culture to it. And something that I would say, this is something for every type of photography. My friend is starting is she's working on becoming a maternity photographer we were having a conversation and you know i had kind of like told her like try to find a, a niche like something that could like separate you even with street photography a lot of people just think of it as just like a point and shoot and get out kind of thing find a niche different niche can coexist so that leads us into uh portrait photography Portrait photography, what you're looking for is things like the skin tones, make sure the eyes are in focus, color, composition, and then the posing. I love portrait photography. Like There's just something so intimate about being one-on-one with a person, taking a picture of them straight on, boom, calling it a day, making them pose, etc. I think that's dope. Moving on from there would be fashion photography and what you're looking for in fashion photography is this is usually a more intricate. Um, sometimes it's in a studio because the main thing that you're looking for is the clothing. 
Um, you'd be looking to how the clothes hang on the body or what weird poses you could do to kind of emphasize what the clothing looks like or et cetera. If you if that's a field that you would want to get into, you can start thinking about the fact that like for a commercial shoot, you might need a team. So start building your network of stylists, makeup artists, hair, lighting, someone to do your lighting. Fashion a lot of times can co coexist with uh, street photography as well. It can coexist with portrait photography. Think of what products you would like to take pictures of. What product do you know best? Do you like jackets the most? That can put you into like a niche kind of thing where you can like do something different and just set yourself aside. Events. Event photography, for those looking to to get into event photography, that's something that I avoid. And it's just uh, it, it's just a me thing. It's just a me thing. I know for those that's looking for money, I know there's money in like wedding photography and, and stuff like that. Um, I know people that, well, I've heard of people that that's where they immediately jumped into. That's what they wanted to do. I personally feel a lot of pressure. Even when I get invited to an event and I take my camera, I feel so much pressure. Now everybody wants me to take a photo. I have to make sure that I'm in the right settings. There's a lot that you would have to learn. I feel like for me personally, I feel like wedding photography is probably like for me, the most intricate kind of thing ever. You have to understand your settings to the point where like you know them by heart. Someone might throw the bouquet and someone might jump in the air. And if you're not in the right settings or you can't react enough to get into the right setting, you can't react quick enough. I don't know how they shoot. I don't know if they shoot on automatic or aperture priority or they shoot on manual. I love to shoot on manual. It takes me longer to get my shot because a lot of times I'm just like focused, trying to get the right settings, play with them. Like, oh, maybe if I overexpose a little bit, underexpose, etc. That's something that that you know you would look for if you were looking to get into like event photography especially especially for weddings that's a big day for the person but you can also take a little like step before that and focus on doing portraits for the wedding a lot of couples they want a, a photo shoot before or after the wedding so that's something that you could do just pull up an hour, two hours, three hours take pictures of them in in their wedding um outfits and boom call it a day um, part of events, event photography would be the night scene. So clubs, fashion shows, things like that. Your type of equipment would be completely different. There's even like a niche for people who, there's an app actually, I don't remember the name of it, um, but there is an app that things happen like that would make it to the news and they literally just want somebody to pull up and take pictures. So like you you look through these gigs and it's like, oh, there's a fire on Fordham Road. And then you go on the app, you go to Fordham Road, take pictures, upload it, and boom, you get paid for that kind of stuff. When it comes to photography, there's like a type and there's a niche for literally everything. For everything that you could think of. There's definitely a niche. How would you find your niche? Or how would you find your type? That's the biggest thing. That took me a very long time, and every now and then I completely, like, I continue to refine it. I feel like I'm at a good place now where I found exactly what I want to shoot and how I want to shoot it. There's so much that you could, like, do or get into. You just got to sit down and figure out what your type is, what you want to shoot, and how you want to go about it. So to find your type, a couple years ago, I realized something. I realized that as I'm looking through my photos, there was a common theme. 
I decided to dig into that. I thought of the 104-144 photo project. The 104-144 photo project is a project designed for you to visually see what your type is, what you like to shoot, what your common denominator is. The reason is 104-144 is because when you get film, uh, 30, well, 35 millimeter film, usually it comes in 24 or 36 exposures. So that's four rolls of film. That could be one roll a month, one roll every two weeks. I say don't rush it. Take your time. But the goal is to have over 100 photos. And once you obtain those photos, you can see what you like to shoot. That's how we're starting this podcast. We're starting this podcast with a goal. The goal is to get you those 104, 144, 100 photos. That's the goal. What I would like is for those who, who start this project, don't think about it at all. Just don't think about it. Go out on a stroll, take some photos. The more you think about it, the more you kind of like adjust yourself to shoot certain things. So the whole goal is to not think about it. In fact, if it takes you a year, that's even better because you've put yourself in different situations. There's a couple rules to this. It has to be one photo of each. So let's say, for example, you take a photo of a car, but you take like three photos because the car is turning the block or it's turning the corner or you switch the position of the car. Whatever your main subject is, it can only be one of those. So if you shoot the Empire State Building, you could shoot the building next to it. That's perfectly fine. You can shoot any other building, but you got the Empire State Building. That's it. Done. We have that one. The second rule is you need to be, for every, for every role, every role needs to be somewhere different. That, I'll leave it up to you. If you want to empty one role on 184th Street and then empty out the second role on 185th Street, that's up to you. But for me, when I did this challenge like a couple of years ago, this, this project, I put a role in different boroughs. So one role I did it in Manhattan because I know the, the in and out of Manhattan. The other role I did it in the Bronx because I know the in and out of the Bronx. The other two roles I did one in Queens and one in Brooklyn because I don't know those areas. That forced me to change my, my perspective, change my view, change what I'm looking for. That's what I want you guys to do. So you can only shoot the subject once, the main subject. Right. If you have like a picture of a person and then the Empire State Building happens to be behind it and then later you take a picture of the Empire State Building by yourself, that's fine. But like you don't want to take 100 photos of the Empire State Building because then you'll just be an Empire State Building photographer. And I don't know if that's a job, but if you can create that, it's fire. Run that up. The goal is to to adjust, switch, and then just keep shooting. So don't shoot the main subject more than once. Um, each role has to be in a different location. Depending on how much time you're, you're putting into this, try to capture the different seasons as well. Those are things that I've kept in mind because I like shooting at different types of weather. The weather doesn't bother me. Once we gathered all these photos, and the cool thing is that as you're going, for you guys that are listening, as you're going through this 104 144 photo project you're going to be learning 
So you're going to be also adjusting how you shoot. So that also ties into who you are as a photographer. After we've got these 100 photos, these 150 photos, etc., we're going to break them up into different categories. We're going to break them up into type of photography. So if you spend the whole evening doing portraits, then you put all those portraits into one group. If you just do street photography and, and there's not really like a main subject, etc., we'll put those to the side. Landscape photos where you're taking pictures of buildings, etc., we'll put those to the side. Whatever pile has the most photos, that's where you would start to get your, your thoughts and your mind going. You might be a portrait photographer. After we break it up, you can use those photos to break it up differently. So if you constantly take a picture of something blue, that might give you an idea to do a photo project of just photographing the color blue, finding everything in the city that's blue and taking a picture of it. You can also break it up into different ways. So if some photos come out a little bit more grainy and that's the photos that you really like, then you know that's what you want to push for. So like more low light. We're going to break it up into daytime and nighttime. If you find yourself shooting more at night, that's something that you can take into account. I know someone that does portraits. Well, I don't know the person, but I've seen online someone that does portraits of people in front of neon signs in the middle of Manhattan. And I think that's fire. That's the start of where you'll start to understand more or less who you want to become as a photographer, what you want to do with photography. So those are the things to keep in mind at this moment so that when we do get into like episode two, which episode two is going to talk about how to start, like what does, what does starting photography mean? Once you give it some thought into what you want to do, then we can start talking about how to start that. So I'll try to cover as much as possible. That way everybody could be on the same page. Together we'll just learn. We'll keep moving forward. I am very open for those who like follow me on Instagram. You can find me at Ronin Rose underscore R-O-N-I-N-R-O-S-E underscore. I'm always open to questions and conversations. So I'm very approachable when it comes to this photography stuff. And I hope you've gotten something or at least I planted the seed on how to start with this first episode. This is your host, Ronan Rose. This is the end of the first episode. I'll catch you guys back in the second episode. I appreciate you listening and taking the time. We're going to be some beast-ass photographers by the end of this whole thing. I don't know what the end looks like. I don't know when the end is coming. But this podcast is here, and I look forward to sharing everything that I have with you guys. Take it easy. This concludes this episode of The Film Game Game. We encourage you to revisit these episodes so you can fully obtain the knowledge we have for you. We will catch you on the next episode. And always remember, carry your camera and shoot at all costs. This is the film game, game, game.